Genesis chapter number 15 and verse, verse uh, number uh, 6 down to verse number 21. And uh, the Bible says, And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of the earth of Chaldees to give thee this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, where, uh, there, uh, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? And he said unto him, Take me an heifer of three years old, and a she-goat of three years old, and a ram of three years old, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And he took unto him all these, and divided them in the midst, and laid each piece one against another, but the birds divided he not. And when the fowls came down upon the carcasses, Abram drove them away. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep uh, fell upon Abram, and lo, and a horror of great darkness fell upon him. And he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. Uh, and also that nation whom thou shalt serve, uh, I will judge, and afterward uh, shall they come out with great substance, and thou, uh, thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace, uh, and thou shalt be buried in a good old age. But in the fourth generation they shall come hither again, uh, for the iniquity of the Amorites uh, is not yet full. And it came to pass that when the sun went down, and it was dark, behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between those pieces. Uh, and the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, uh, and saying, Under thy seed have I given this land from the river of Egypt under the great river, the river Euphrates, the Canaanites, the, the uh, Canaanites, the Kensonites, and the Cadmonites, the Hittites, and the Perizzites, and the Raphaites, Raphims, and the Amorites, and the Canaanites, and the Gergesites, and the Jebusites. You can be seated. Our Father tonight, what a joy and a privilege it is to be in the house of God tonight. Oh, Father, tonight we need your power. We need your touch from heaven tonight. I pray that God, you visit us with your presence, you visit us with your power, you enable us to say those things that only you want us to say tonight, and you get all the honor and all the glory out of it. Father, those that may be in our midst tonight that have never been saved, and those that uh, are saved tonight, I pray that you'll speak to them and save the lost, revive your people, do as you want to do, and what must needs be done tonight, that you get all the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray and say thank you. Amen and amen. Now, I don't know much about this passage of scripture. When I was in, in college, I had a, had a uh, teacher uh, teach on this passage of scripture. And he declared it uh, about the uh, promises that was made to Abraham. Call it the Abrahamic promise. And he got halfway through that. The class never finished. And, and just a revival. Camp many times broke out out there uh, as he read that and, and declared uh, that passage of scripture. But as Brother Brian said tonight, I'm glad that God does not break promises. Amen. And here is what we call the Abrahamic promise. Uh, there, there are basically uh, uh, three promises uh, uh, folded up within, within this passage of Scripture, this Abrahamic promise. And this promise that the things, the sacrifices that were laid out, the animals that were laid out, are the very same animals that Moses used. Amen. Uh, when he sacrificed and laid those animals out uh, there in the tabernacle in the temple. Uh, but that's not what we're going get, to get into tonight. But when I was talking about three, promise, uh, three prophecies made... Uh, 
Uh, and, and this one, the Abrahamic promise, it deals with blood, amen. Uh, there had to be blood that was shed. And in the Mosaic covenant, there had to be blood that was shed when the animals were sacrificed. There was a, there was a uh, uh, the, uh, Mosaic covenant uh, uh, that was uh, said the tabernacle and the temple. And when sacrifices were made, blood was shed, amen. And then I call it, the, uh, I don't say, I call it, I look at the Calvary as the, uh, as the uh, covenant of, of, of us, you know, our covenant between uh, God and us. And each one of those covenants, you see that God is dealing with men. These promises God does not break. It's coming a time, this is an Abrahamic promise, God will put it all together, amen. As we're learning in our Sunday school class in, in the book of Revelation, and uh, you know, uh, thank Brother Danny for preaching that. I read the book of Revelation several times in the last few weeks, and every time I read it, I was reading it with God. Uh, God said that uh, there's a blessing for those who read it. There's a blessing for those who memorize it. There's a blessing for those who heed it. I'm just thankful that I'm not going to be going through that time. I'm glad there's going to be a catching away, amen. I'm glad I'm going to be caught away, amen. I'm glad I'm going to be, uh, I'll be caught up to, to heaven. I'm not going to have to go through those seven years of tribulation time. That's the promise that God set forth. That promise was made to Abraham and to his people here in, in Genesis chapter number 15. But what I want to look at tonight is what does the Bible say about the blood? You know, the Bible is a bloody book, amen. Real, true Christianity is a bloody, if you want to use the word, religion. If anybody's ever been saved by the good grace of God, it's been because of the blood that was shed. Amen. I was thinking just, thinking just a few moments ago that uh, when I look at the word blood, I see, uh, I, I see it as a bountiful blood. Because the Bible says in Romans 10, 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I see that the blood is a, is a loving blood because the Bible says in, in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Do whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Then I see in 2 Corinthians 5, verse number 17, it is an overcoming blood. B-L-O, an overcoming blood. Why? Because 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. The blood of Jesus Christ helps you overcome, uh, uh, the, the, overcome sin, helps you overcome the world, and thank God we'll overcome Satan one day. Now I want to say, dear friend, tonight, uh, that, that letter O, it also stands for, it is the original blood. Throughout the scriptures, we see passages of scriptures that says, uh, Hebrews 9, 2, and neither by blood of bulls and goats, but by his own blood. As the blood of Jesus Christ, by his own blood. I'm thankful that Jesus Christ loved me. I'm thankful that he shed his blood on the cross of Calvary. Amen. That I, Ben Andrews, can be saved. So many times I sit out here and listen to the songs sung and hear the preacher, preacher preach, pastor preach. I say to myself, how could God love somebody like me? And the Holy Ghost says, you're not God or you wouldn't. Or, 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 you're just Ben Andrews. You see uh, that you cannot love yourself, but I'm glad that God loves me. Amen. 
and we see this letter D uh, in, in, uh, in blood. It stands for the, the, the delivering. It is delivering blood. It is departing blood. Uh, we're delivered from sin, self, and Satan. And thank God one of these days because of the blood, we will be delivered from this world. And so I say a lot of religions that do not preach or teach, and I use that word preach just, uh, just meaning uh, just spreading forth, amen, talking about, because they ain't, but I don't want to say religion, but only one, one group of people that believes right and preaches right. Amen, and that the word preach can be taught onto that. That's us, amen. But there's a lot of religions that do not believe uh, uh, in, in the blood of Jesus Christ. The Methodists some years ago, they uh, told their uh, songwriters that when they printed their books to take the songs for the blood out because they said the blood is not important. <laughs> As a man out in California many years ago when I was going to Bible school, the school decided that they have nothing to do with him because he said it's not the blood of Christ that's important. It's the death of Christ. Yes, his death is important, but his blood is vitally important. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, and how can you buy, how can you hold on to that kind of philosophy and read your Bible where the Bible says in Leviticus 17 and verse, I believe in verse 11, uh, where uh, 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 the Bible says in Leviticus 17, 11, uh, I forget exactly what that verse says, but without sin, without sin blood, there is no remission, but the life of the flesh is in the blood. He, he gave his life. He shed his blood. It's vitally important. It's very important. The blood of Jesus Christ. We told those folk in New Guinea, if you don't think blood's important, what happened to that chicken when you cut his head off and that pig when you cut his, uh, slit his throat? What came out? They said blood. I said, and you mean to tell me the blood's not important? If it's not important, you ask that, that pig or that, that, that chicken uh, that when you slit his throat and the blood comes out, you ask it why, it's still, why it fell on the ground. And they said, we're not stupid missionary. We know that that blood is life. I said, if you don't think it's important, pump it through with water. Pump that chicken uh, where you slit his throat out. Pump it with water or battery acid and see what happens. It, it won't have life. It will die or say dead on the ground. But thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ. It's our only hope. It's the, it's the only hope that we have. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. The life of the flesh is in the blood. Amen. And so uh, I, I see that... Uh, you know, you ought to look and see what the Bible has to say about the blood. There's a few characters as we read the Word of God tonight and, and as you read the Bible that you need to pay attention to and comments that they made concerning the blood. As a man by the name of Judas Iscariot. Now, in spite of what you say and in spite of what I say and what I feel about Judas Iscariot, we know the Bible said he betrayed Jesus Christ. If somebody were to betray Christ, we would turn our back on it, wouldn't we? If somebody were to betray our pastor, look how the fight is going to start up. Amen. If somebody were to betray this church and, and do things contrary to, uh, to the uh, belief of this church, we would take note of that, wouldn't we? Judas Iscariot betrayed Jesus Christ, and yet he was one of the 12 disciples. And he betrayed, the word, uh, the, the word betray means to turn, them, turn one's back on, to uh, not count as a friend. You've had people that's betrayed you. I've had people that's betrayed me. 
has been people in New Guinea that we've loved and prayed for and considered them, considered them real good friends. It's a preacher there in New Guinea that I'd always call him uh, David and, and, and uh, uh, John. And I'd say, I'm David and you're John. You know, in the Bible, David and John were very close friends. And one day he came up to me and he made a statement and, and, and said, I re he said, you don't need to write those prayer letters anymore. You don't need to be involved in me. What are you doing here? Why don't you go back to the States? After all, the work, our first work we started, we built it up to approximately 300, 350 people. I'd, I'd spent nearly uh, uh, 2,500, nearly 3,000 U.S. dollars and bought a flatbed truck. We're picking up 50 people every Sunday, every Wednesday in that truck. And I'd use my uh, little, uh, uh, little Toyota pickup truck. And we had carrying 30 or 40 in that. And we built that church up. And then we turned that church over to this pastor. And he turned around and made, this, made those comments. I'm saying, that's betrayal. Amen. Didn't love, acted like he didn't love us, didn't appreciate us. And he got upset and, and he said uh, he's, he was wanting to cut off fellowship altogether with me. And I said, well, if that's what you want, have, you know, have at it. Amen. And uh, he said that he was going to tell his people to no longer have fellowship with us. And then one day he says, you need to come up. And uh, we'd start another work. And some of his people uh, came, to our, came to the new work. And I had, before they came, I'd ask them if they could. He said, yeah, you can take them. We don't need them. I said, okay, they need to be in church, so we'll just take them. And, and so uh, then he, he gets mad about it and uh, says that he no longer wants to have fellowship. And so then he says, well, I want you to come preach revival. But before you do, I want you to apologize to the church. Well, I have nothing to apologize to. Amen. I remember Brother Allen said, to win people, you've got to humble yourself. So I told my wife, I said, that's fine. I said, it's no skin off my back, amen, but it's skin off from their back, amen. I'll just stand up behind the pulpit and I apologize for what I did not do. And uh, before I was done, the pastor says, don't worry about it. I get up and I'll explain it. I said, amen, help yourself, amen. And uh, God give a great revival. And that, for that Friday night, the, the preacher out of his own church got saved. Amen. Betrayal. Brother and sister tonight, Judas is scared. Uh, he, was, he betrayed the innocent blood. You, you see what Judas said uh, about the blood of Christ in Matthew 27, verse number 3. Judas, Judas uh, said, uh, which betrayed him, when he saw that he was uh, condemned, repented him, and brought, him, uh, brought again the 30 pieces of silver uh, to the chief priest, saying, I have, uh, I have sinned, for I have betrayed innocent blood. We may not like what he'd done, well, betraying Christ, but he made one statement that was very positive. He made a statement, uh, brother and sister, that's very true. He said, I betrayed innocent blood. The blood of Jesus Christ is innocent. Amen. That, we don't need to go to, go to school to understand what, uh, understand what innocent means, but uh, it, it means there's no sin, there's no vileness, there's no wickedness. It is pure, it's moral, it's decent, it's righteous, it's upright. That's the blood of Jesus Christ. His blood is not like ours. We're sinners, we're condemned, we're unclean, we're vile and wretched and wicked, yet the blood of Jesus Christ is pure, it's moral. I mean, in moral character, but thank God, Jesus Christ is moral. There's no immorality in him. There's no uncleanness in him. But yet I'm full of sin. I'm full of hatred. I'm full of violence. And yet Jesus Christ has none of that. 
Thank God, Judas, you made it right. You might have betrayed Christ, but you said something, but that is all time eternity truth. His blood is innocent. Thank God. We can take a lesson from that tonight. It took innocent blood. That's a song, Inspirations, I believe, saying about innocent blood. I was thinking about that today. Thank God for innocent blood. Judas called it innocent. There's a man by the name of Peter. You can look at the apostle Peter. You can say what you want to say about him. A lot of preachers condemn Peter because he walked on the water and his faith fell and he fell, but yet he called out to Christ. He denied Christ. He cursed. Many things, many faults and failures you can see in the life of the apostle Peter. But there's one thing he said that was right. As he wrote uh, many things, but one thing I'm thinking about, as he wrote the book of 1 Peter, he called the blood of Jesus Christ precious. To every child of God, the blood ought to be precious. Amen. We sing, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. That's all I have. The only hope I have is the blood of Jesus Christ. The only hope I have is in the blood of Jesus Christ. If you're dependent on anything else for salvation tonight, your works, righteousness, riches, brother and sister, you're still dead in your trespasses and sin, will die and go to hell. You must trust the blood of Jesus Christ to be saved. The Bible says, John, uh, Peter called it uh, uh, innocent, uh, precious blood. The, the, the word precious means valuable, costly, expensive. <laughs> How expensive was the blood of Christ? It was his life. He laid his life down. He, he didn't uh, 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 sprinkle his blood. Amen. I was going to say, sorry, Catholics. I ain't sorry about that. Amen. He didn't sprinkle his blood. He shed his blood. The word sprinkle can mean accidentally. But he shed it. That means on purpose. He knew what he was doing. We sing a song, I was on his mind when he was on the cross. Yes, you and I was on his mind when he was on the cross. That's why he went to Calvary. You know why he, you know why he went uh, to Calvary? Why he climbed, climbed up Mount Calvary? Because we was on his mind. Amen. Aren't you, I thank God for that. Amen. John, John the Apostle, he called it cleansing blood. You know what cleansing is, amen? It means the wads, the ladies come through this church and they, they uh, clean the restrooms and some men uh, clean the restrooms and vacuum. You clean it up, you make it ready uh, for another time, when, uh, a, a, a time of church and, and uh, you, you make it beautiful, make it smell nice and uh, to, when something is cleaned up, it means that it's, it is thoroughly clean, it's made the smell right, it's disinfected. <laughs> my life was infected by sin. Bible tells me in 1 John 2, 15 and 17, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, for the uh, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life is not of the Father, but it's of the world. You go out in the world and you see and you see and you smell all the wicked, vile, uh, wretched things, brother and sister tonight, it, it just turns your stomach, amen. All the sin and all the violence that's going on. And yet we fail to realize that's how we were, where we were at before we were saved. We were staunch in the nostrils of God. We hated God. You say, I didn't hate God. You need to read the book of James who is enemies of God. Amen. And, 
John says that his blood cleanses. First John 1 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of his son cleanses us, not just from one sin, but from all sin. All sin. I like what one person said. He said, it doesn't matter how vile your sin was. It does not matter how deep your sin was. Uh, What matters is that his blood cleanses from all sin. Not just this kind of sin or that kind of sin or a sin of hatred or a sin of animosity, but every sin you've ever committed, the most vilest, the most wretched, the most wicked sinner, the blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse and make you pure and spotless. You know, you are no more wicked and vile than the Pope. Amen. We are all on the same level. We are all dead in trespasses and sin. All headed to an awful place called hell. Except when we repented, God cleansed us all. And made us as right and pure and holy in the eyes of his Father as he is. Amen. We don't wear our robes of righteousness. We don't wear uh, any, any goodness within ourselves. But we wear the robes of righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. John, he also called it uh, not only cleansing blood, but he called it washing blood. It means to bathe every day. We can take a bath in in the blood of Jesus Christ and we can come out smelling like the Spirit of God. We can come out smelling like the Bible. We can come out smelling like Christ. Why? Because the blood of Jesus Christ has continuous power to continuously cleanse you and make you just like Jesus Christ. I'm going to say, I don't mean to get excited, but I get excited about the blood, amen? Amen. Thank God. I remember, I, I remember as a 26-year-old man down Interstate 75, exit, I believe it was Exit 320, uh, headed to Faith Baptist camp. I experienced, I took a bath. Amen. Amen. I washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. And every day since then, uh, some, days, uh, some days I spend a little bit, little bit more time uh, getting washed than others, but spend my time in the Word of God. The Bible is the, the Word of God. It cleanses us. It tells us where it's right. tells us where it's wrong. Thank God for the cleansing power of the Word of God. John called it washing blood. John, he also called it overcoming blood. Many things that the apostle John called it. He called it overcoming blood. Aren't you glad that the blood, you've been saved and his blood has washed you and made you clean and that uh, when you're faced with things in this life and things come, all you you need to do is go to the fountain where the glory runs out, amen? Go to the word of God and turn that faucet on and out runs the Holy Spirit to cleanse, amen? I'm thankful for that, amen? It washes, helps us overcome, Revelation 12 and verse number one, and they overcame him. Not by their own power, not by their own intellect, not by their own works, but by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's how we're able to overcome this world, is by the blood of Christ. Overcome means to defeat. It means to beat. It means to conquer. I've lost every fight. I, I'm going to say every fight I got in, I lost. I always, as far as a fight, I like to fight see if I couldn't win one. Amen. 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 I go to, go to high school and elementary school and middle school and 
I'd find the heaviest set, heaviest set one I could find and try to land the punch on his belly because it felt fun, nice pulling it, bouncing back and then taking his strength to bounce it back. Amen. <laughs> one time I tried it on the wrong one. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But aren't you glad that through the blood of Christ we can defeat the devil? Amen. We're not Pentecostals and claim like they claim and they claim and uh, but we claim our defeat through the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, we defeat, we conquer, we conquer this world. Amen. We conquer the devil. We conquer sin, death, hell, and And then the Apostle Paul, he called it purchasing blood. Amen. To purchase means you buy, you buy it back, or you you uh, you buy uh, put forth the necessary uh, money, if you will, or finances, or, or what's needed. To claim that thing. And Paul said his blood is sufficient because his blood will purchase you. Uh, amen. Means to buy, to pay for, to acquire, to obtain. And so you're no longer your own. I'm no longer my own when we're saved because that blood has been applied. It has bought me back. I lost that position I had when Adam and Eve sinned. That position of fellowship. That position of being able to uh, uh, fellowship and that friendship with God. What an awful day that must have been when Adam and Eve sinned. Here God created Adam and Eve in his likeness. And uh, I'm sure that he must have been thrilled because he sees somebody now that he can fellowship with. That's what he wanted to do was to fellowship with man. As the Bible says that he made us that he might fellowship with us. And then uh, through the course of time, Adam and Eve, uh, through the circumstances they faced with, through uh, uh, Satan and that snake, uh, came and fed them a lie. And they believed that lie. And that fellowship was broken. And the sadness that must have broken upon the heart of God. And the sadness that must have broken on the heart of Adam and Eve. Thank God the blood puts us back in fellowship. Restores that friendship again. Amen. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that I have that friendship and that fellowship with God. And, and sometimes it's greater than other days and times, but it's probably not as great as what it is with you and others have with God. And I'm trying to get there. Amen. But, to, uh, but one day we'll all have that same level of friendship. Same level of, 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 of fellowship with God as the other one has. And I'm looking forward to that great day when it all be on the level. They say uh, the ground's level at Calvary. Thank God uh, that we all can fellowship the same. We all have the same ability to have the friendship with God as the other one does. There's no difference. Amen. The blood is made sure of that. And then it's an overcoming blood. It's a person's in blood. And Paul, he also called it redeeming. The word redeem means to, pay, to buy back, to pay back. <laughs> I had a man here. Brought, delivered something to a man in a truck the other day. And uh, he said, oh, I don't have any uh, tip to give you. And uh, it already paid. And uh, uh, so he pulled out, roll, pulled out this roll of scrubby off tickets. He said, here's a $5 one. I don't know what's on it. <laughs> and I looked at him and I, I thought to myself, okay. And then I said, hey, what about Bible Baptist, sir? <laughs> and I said, no, Holy Ghost says, name Bible Baptist all to worry about. It's me. I said, no, thank you. I don't gamble. You just keep it, do what you want to do. You win your money. Amen. 
Amen. But you know the blood of Jesus Christ. You know you run into a lot of crazy things, don't you? Amen. All this lottery and gambling and stuff. I heard years ago some church down down the road here. There's a deacon that that had run the lottery and he's putting all he's justified and he said, "Well, I'm putting it in the offering plate." You know, uh, the tithes in the offering plate. You know, God's not pleased with that either. Amen. But uh, Paul, he called it. Uh, uh, Justifying, he called it uh, purchasing blood. He called, and we said, purchase means to acquire, to obtain. And Paul also called it redeeming blood, buying back. Uh, the, the word redeem means to discharge, clear. And then we see Paul uh, in Colossians one twenty. He called it peacemaking blood. I'll be honest with you. That's one of the things that turned my mind and my soul towards God. I had no peace. I had no joy. I had no love in my soul. On August 15, 1985, the individual that counseled me and talked to me after Brother Stanley Blue preached that great message on saying so doesn't make it so, I said to him, I have no love, I have no peace, I have no joy. He says, you call on God. You talk to him just like you're talking to me. And you tell him just like you told me. And I bowed my head in that car. And I called on God. And for the first time in my life that I remember, oh, many times I said, God, praying. My mother and dad taught me to pray. But for the first time in my life, I called God, God. And the clouds of doubt and fear rolled away. God gave me the peace that I was looking for. He gave me the joy that I so much needed. He gave me peace, and I thank God for that. Paul called it peacemaking, 1 Corinthians 1, 20. And having made peace through the blood of the cross. That's where you get your peace at. And Jesus, and, and, and Paul called it sanctifying blood. The word sanctify means to, to make holy, hallow, to make sacred, to dedicate, to set apart, to consecrate. That's what we are tonight. We're consecrated. You don't belong to yourself anymore. God has put a mark of identification on you. I don't think we could finish this tonight and do it justice without on this message tonight and what does the Bible say about the blood unless we look at what the man who wrote this book said about it and that being Jesus in Revelation Jesus said this is a new testament which is said for many for the remission of sin that's what the Bible says about the blood. That's what Christ says about the blood. The blood, it remits. You know what that word remit means? It means to cancel. We have a debt that we could not pay. The blood's been applied. Canceled. <laughs> Amen. Years ago, when we bought our house, I'd go pay, go take the uh, up to the up to the bank there and, and pay the bill month after month after month. And then I met, made the last payment, and I went into the bank to pick up the title for that property, paid in full. That means I don't have I don't have to pay anymore. I can I can do what I want to with the property. Amen. <laughs> I ain't going to burn the house up. Somebody said, you ought to burn it up. I might ought to, but I'll just wait, wait till that great wrath day comes and let it take care of it. Amen. But, but you know, brother and sister tonight, that's what the Bible says about, about the blood. Amen. 
Jesus said it's, it's, it's redeeming blood, a remission, it will cancel, uh, set aside, suspends, revokes, forgives, pardons. A cancel, it's a cancellation of a debt or charge or penalty. That's where we all stood. We had a charge against us. Amen. But now we're free. John 8, 32, I believe it is, 8, 36, whom the Son shall set you free, shall be free indeed. We have more to rejoice about tonight than what we do. Amen. We need to rejoice. We need to thank God and give God all the honor and all the glory for what he's done. So I look at, sometimes as I look at Bible Baptist Church and people shouting, running, singing, I sit back there and I say to myself, you know, how beautiful heaven must be. Because right here tonight, brother and sister, if you're saved, you and I are what's going to make up heaven. Amen? Amen, brother Laddie. You take off running up down the aisle. Look out. I'm behind you. Amen? There ain't no stopping. Thank God that, that, that oxygen level will be 200%. Amen? <laughs> We can just burn the highway up, amen. Burn up just no one that's got to be the uh, street of gold, amen. Not streets, but street of gold. Why? Because it needs to be a Broadway, if you will. It needs to be a street of gold. Because if it wasn't, we'd tear it up, amen. <laughs> Thank God. God knows what he's doing, it? amen. Uh, gold is the most, most expensive element uh, on this earth, and, and yet it's, uh, it, it, we walk on it. A street's made out of it in heaven. And God saved by the good grace of God. We have a lot to shout about, a lot, lot to rejoice about tonight. It's the road of salvation. It's a, it is bountiful blood, overcoming blood. It's original blood. It's delivering blood. Aren't you glad you're delivered tonight? 